All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety. I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey, and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Monday. Oh my goodness, it is the day before 4th of July. How are we feeling? I want to remind you that I did an episode last year. The podcast was just in its infancy. It didn't even know how to walk yet. We were not on solid foods. The podcast was breastfeeding. (laughs) Okay, I've taken this too far. It was very early on in the podcast journey. How does that sound? That sounds less creepy. And I decided to share tips for your first sober 4th of July. That's a really popular episode because you guys, I don't know if you know, but 4th of July is drenched in alcohol a lot of the time. 
depending on where you live and depending on your community. But I would say overall, we like to celebrate our independence by continuing to be in a cage of alcohol. So, hey, I just came up with that. Look at that, guys. (laughs) Um, So if you are struggling, if you're nervous, if you are wanting to see what a sober 4th of July looks like, maybe it's your last first. Maybe you stopped drinking July 5th of 2022, and this is your last first sober holiday that you were like, okay, I got to I got to check this off. This is my last sober first holiday. If you are thinking you need a boost, if you need extra inspiration, extra motivation for tomorrow, go listen to that episode. We will link it in the show notes so you have it. Also, just listen to all of the episodes. Have them playing in your ear in the morning tomorrow morning or all day today. The key to rocking and thriving tomorrow is being prepared. And you're not going to be caught off guard about everyone drinking or, you know, alcohol's presence because we know that we live in a world obsessed with alcohol. So go listen to that episode. Today, we're not talking about 4th of July though. We have Deb, who if you follow her on Instagram, you know her as the Mocktail Mom. She's such a delight. I loved her vibe. I I think we kind of have a similar vibe and we look at sobriety the same way. She sees it as freeing, but actually also fun, which is also how I look at it. Like, you know that if you listen to this podcast, my sobriety is not about deprivation. It is about thriving. It's about having fun. And this is just such a fun conversation. I loved her energy. She's the mocktail mom on Instagram. She shares what to drink when you're not drinking, which I love. Also, isn't it funny? We talk about this a little bit in the podcast that we drink when when we're not thirsty. Like when we drink alcohol, we're drinking probably like four or five, whatever, however many drinks, but we're not thirsty. Isn't that weird? That is a good thing about sobriety. Like I drink when I'm thirsty and and I'm actually like, then my thirst is quenched and I'm hydrated. Oh my God, all these bonuses. So we talk about why she quit drinking. And I think that you will find her story very relatable. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. She hosts a podcast, Thriving Alcohol Free with Mocktail Mom. And she has a private membership for women who want to be encouraged that the fun isn't over. It's not. Um, And there are still good things to drink without alcohol. So they do a happy half hour which I mean, how fun is that? I just, I love her energy. I love her vibe and I really enjoyed our conversation and you will too. And everything will be linked in the show notes. And also I need a drum roll. I need something because I am so excited to tell you. So if you've listened to past episodes, you've heard me talk about Patreon and I thank everyone for supporting this podcast over there. We are now moving everything from Patreon to the Sober Mom Life Cafe. We're going to link it in the show notes. It's no longer on Patreon. It is one level. It's $10 a month. And for $10 a month, what do you get? Oh my God. You get weekly Zoom meetings. And we are going to be up to four weekly Zoom meetings. All of the information is on the site. This is a website. This is not an app. It's a website. It's going to be linked in the show notes. 
If you go to mykindofsweet.com, which has been revamped, you'll be able to see and get into the cafe and and subscribe and register. And it's just going to be, you know, I always wanted to like have a cafe and now I do. Sure, it's, it's on the internet and it's not real, but it's real in my heart and that's what matters. We're going to have weekly Zoom meetings. So we're going to have four meetings a week, also including some evening meetings. We're going to have the first Wednesday of every month is going to be our book club at 7 p.m. Central, plus then an additional meeting to talk with the author for July. We're reading Intoxicating Lies. So that is the fifth. So come and join us. Go to the Sober Mom Life Cafe. Go to the link. It's okay if you didn't read the book. It's all of us just like fun ladies and moms just talking about stuff that we love to talk about. We love to talk about sobriety and alcohol and how alcohol has tricked us and how it's so much better over here. Also, we have a way for all of, of the sober moms to connect on Discord and I'm telling you guys, these women chat all day long and I pop in there to see and I say hi and there are announcements over there. We also have bonus episodes. I do a Sunday check-in every week to either share what I'm thinking about, any struggles I'm having, share some how we can shift our perspective going into the week. Sometimes it's a great reset. And then also you get to sign up to be on the podcast, The Real Sober Mom Chats, which you guys have been loving. So just come over, come over, see what it's about. And if you have any questions, send me an email, Suzanne at mykindofsweet.com. Come over and join us at the Sober Mom Life Cafe. I am so excited. Okay, you guys, happy 4th of July tomorrow. Keep going. Decide that you want to see what a celebration is like without alcohol, and then you will find you are truly free. Okay, and here's the Mocktail Mom. Hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for coming. Do you go by Deb or Debbie? Either, which is so weird. I mean, my husband calls me Deb most of the time. My family, like my sisters call me Debbie. I grew up with Debbie. But when I started doing Instagram, you know, to keep things short, right. I just went with Deb. Less characters. <laughs> It was just like, you know, you got to like, you got to be quick. So I was like, hey, I'm Deb. Welcome to my kitchen. That was how it started. But um, when I enter, like when I shake somebody's hand, introduce myself, I say Debbie. Really? Even though I use Deb all the time. Anyway, whatever. I'm just confused. So Deb, Debbie. It doesn't matter. Okay. We are going to talk all things mocktails because that's always a question I get. And I share some, but you are like, you're the mocktail mom. You're the mocktail queen. And having fun. Like all of your ideas. Yes, it's so good. But I want to hear your story. And I know a little bit because I listen to your podcast. But in case our listeners don't know, what's your story? It's such a hard question. Well, where do I start? I was born at a very early age. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start there. <laughs> yeah. That's a dad joke for everybody who's listening. That would be a herb joke. <laughs> So I didn't grow up a drinker. I wasn't a partier. I mean, not to say like I didn't try stuff or whatever, but I wasn't wasn't a partier. Yeah. So then just life got difficult in my 40s. Yeah. I'm 51 now. And in my 40s, you know, 30s and 40s, late 30s and 40s, just hard things happened, you know. 
I mean, I can go into it a little bit. I mean, just some really, you know, sure. really hard things. Yeah. Um, my daughter, who's now 21 and is very, very healthy now and is in remission um, at the age of seven. So 14 years ago, she was diagnosed with aplastic anemia, which is when your bone marrow mm. fails. So her bone marrow overnight stopped making red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets instantly. Like out of nowhere, oh she was perfectly healthy and then had bruises all over her body the next day. Like it was like, what's going on? So we spent like 160 nights in the hospital, in and out. Sometimes it was five weeks. Sometimes it was three days, you know, in and out for a year and a half or so. And she was on blood transfusions and and platelet transfusions and was treated at the NIH actually, which at the time, 14 years ago, most people had never heard of the NIH. Now everybody, after the pandemic, everybody knows NIH. Totally. But we lived there. We, We spent actually 14 summers ago, we stayed there. So she was treated there and ended up not having to have a bone marrow transplant. Thankfully, the clinical trial that she was in is now standardized treatment for aplastic anemia. So if anybody is listening and you are thinking about donating blood, please do so because it truly saves lives. And my daughter is the picture of health today because so many people gave blood and platelets. So, Oh, wow. I was in the hospital with her. I wasn't drinking. I was, you know, whatever, going through it. It was almost like post-traumatic stress after that. You know, she got better. She got in remission. It was kind of like, what just happened? Totally. Because when you're in it, are you just like, you're fighting, right? You're, you're just, just fighting it. through it. And like, yes. We're making the best of it. We're in the hospital. We're just, you know, I try to bring the fun wherever I go. And that included the pediatric oncology unit, you know, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> just made things fun. She went on a make-a-wish. That was kind of the first major thing. And then not long after she was better, I got went through a divorce, had breast cancer after that. Um, oh so I've had a, had a double mastectomy. I didn't say it right in a reel. And apparently I got schooled. I said mastectomy and I got schooled, <sighs> but it's a mastectomy. Some people really <laughs> I mean, wanted me to know that. If- so there you go. I said it right. <laughs> what do I care? My boobs are gone. <laughs> Long story short, short, they're not here. So yeah, so that happened. And it was just like a lot of hard things. Both my parents passed away right around that time. Like my mom, three weeks after my, no, five weeks after my surgery, my mom passed away. So mostly when I got, went through my divorce, when I was separated, my girls would go to their dads for the weekend was kind of when wine started taking a more front seat in my life. Chardonnay became a little bit of a BFF and just helped numb out like, okay, the girls are gone for the, I have two girls and it was like, they're gone for the weekend and it just kept me company while they were gone. And then it just grew, you know, just, it just spiraled. I don't want to say, I guess spiraled. Yeah. Just my habit grew. Wasn't that I was like Mm -hmm. drinking all day or middle of the day, but I definitely woke up with hangovers, you know, or mommy wine headache, drank too much. Yes. Intended to have one glass and would finish a bottle, you know, and be like, how did that happen? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of hard things. But I know a lot of your listeners, right? We've all gone through. If you're not going through a hard yes. thing now, you're either going to go through a hard trial, right? Or you've been through hard things. We all have our hard things. Totally. And that's the whole thing is when we've been taught that alcohol helps, right? That's the big trick of it. That's the big lie of, you know, of alcohol is that we're taught that, oh, okay, if you're sad, alcohol helps. If you're bored, alcohol helps. And for a little while, it does, right? True. Absolutely. And that's the hard part of it until you realize it makes everything a lot harder and that it's also really addictive. And so when you say a spiral, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, we always say it's not a weakness in you that you get addicted to an addictive substance, a highly addictive substance. 
Very true. And it's just glorified. It's like, oh, you're, you're yes. going through a divorce. You know, oh, let me bring you a bottle of wine. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I know a friend of mine, her husband was really sick. He didn't have COVID, but it was during all that. And I was still drinking. And like, I brought her pizza and wine, you know, like, let me, let me help you, you know, let me help you through this hard time with some Chardonnay or some Cabernet. Right. Yeah. Like, let me nurture you. Let me like- nurture you. And it's all great intentions, and it's just this, like, informed consent piece that we don't know. And when you don't know and you you think it's helping, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, and it's everywhere, everywhere. You talk about mommy wine culture, too, which is, you know, my crusade. (laughs) Take them down. Take them down, girl. I'm writing a book. I'm taking them down. Oh, good. Yeah. I used to be, well, I'm an influencer and I've been an influencer since 2015. Okay. A mommy influencer. And I was, you know, I was, yeah, I was one of them who, like, I've been hired by alcohol companies to promote alcohol and not drink it. And that's the lie, right? It's like the people who are telling us to drink wine all day long or that they're like blowing on their coffee cup, you know, (laughs) pretending that it's tea, but it's really wine. Like, ha, isn't that cute? Right? Like, they're not doing that. Like, I didn't drink the booze that I promoted. Oh, okay. That's the trick. And yeah, like, so many moms, especially over the pandemic or when they're going through a hard time, are told, yeah, turn to wine. It helps. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the pandemic, I think that was like my first day alcohol-free was the very last day of 2020. That was my first day not drinking because okay. it was just like, I just had enough. I was like, I can't keep living like this. I was coming up on my 50s. I was going to turn 50 in 2021. And I was like, I cannot live in my 50s like I have lived in my 40s. Like I cannot numb out. I have to li- I want to live my life. I want to be awake, you know, alive. Right. And so did your drinking ramp up during the pandemic like so many other women? It was just amplified. You know, it was like, I remember when, you know, things were shutting down and it was like, you know, go get the toilet paper, go get, you know, the hand sanitizer and stuff. And I was like, go get the wine. Like I remember, I mean, I placed an order. I didn't want to go into the store because I thought I don't want to get COVID, you know, and I have to tell my family like, oh, we all got COVID because mommy was in the store buying wine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So like I placed an order. I drove up to the place. The guy put it in the back of my car, you know, and I was like, okay. So yeah. So I think it was just amplified in the sense that I realized, I not realized, but like at the start of the pandemic, it was like, I have to have it. If we're going to all get through this schooling at home and doing everything at home and being together, like I need to have my numb out medication. Yeah. That's so important that you said that because I think that that gets to the crux of all of it is that moms do need something. And especially over the pandemic and what we went through and like what we were asked to do while we were afraid for our families health and safety and trying to protect ourselves and our families and then being the whole village. Our village is gone. Teachers are, you know, everything's Zoom and we're, everything we were asked to do. Moms did need help, like mental health support. And that's the trick is that we're told that wine would help. And so of course, right, of course. I mean, I just happened to stop drinking in January 2020. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. I just kind of lucked out and because I know that I would have turned to wine because moms needed something. And when we're taught that that helps, of course, you're going to turn to it. Like, it just makes sense. Yeah. And so you decided, you were like, I don't want to feel like this in my 50s, right? And so did you just kind of wake up one day and be like, okay, I'm done? 
You know, I had followed a number of sober accounts for probably a year. I had followed people who were, you know, had sober, have sober programs. And then there was actually a lady that I don't think she even posts anymore on Instagram, but um, I followed her, just a normal mom over in the UK. She was a single mom and just a busy lifestyle. But when her kids would go to their dads, she would get like 20,000 steps in in a day and she was sober and she was walking out in sobriety and she was sharing about how good she felt waking up without a hangover. I was just like, that's what I want. I just want to feel good. I don't <laughs> just want to feel good. That's it. Yes. Yes. I just want to feel better. So yeah, so I I did do an online program and the connection that I made with the other um, people in that group made all the difference. I don't think it's, you know, a program. I think it's number one, being ready, being really ready. For me, I was just done. And then the connection of meeting other people because I felt like for so long, I felt shame. I thought I was the only Christian mom that was waking up in the morning with a mommy wine headache, you know, and I felt such shame. I felt so bad about myself. It's not how I grew up. It's not how I was raised. And I was like, what am I doing with this life that God gave me? You know, what am I doing? I'm wasting it. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. You know? No, when you feel alone and when you feel like you're the only one and so much of it is us feeling like we are the only ones who like everyone else has this drinking thing figured out. And for some reason, I'm the one who can't drink this substance in an orderly fashion. Like, why can't I have it when I want it, stop when it's appropriate? And the fact is that that's just not how the substance is designed. It was never meant to do that, right? You wouldn't do that with any other highly addictive. Like, we don't talk about cigarettes that way. Like, it's very clear that cigarettes are addictive and that any if you smoke them you're going to want to continue to smoke them alcohol is as addictive as cigarettes but it's just not talked about that way and so that shame that comes along with it to say like oh wait there's other people who have just silently questioned their drinking too and now we're talking about it out loud like this feels it's so liberating Liberating is the right word. And it's so validating. You just feel like I'm not the only one. It was so eye-opening to realize that there are millions of women who have felt the same way or are waking up the same way today, thinking like, I'm the only mom who cannot handle my wine. You know, I tell myself I'm gonna have a glass and then it ends up more, you know. So yeah. it was very liberating is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. And this and this idea that we have to wait right? Like you didn't have a rock bottom moment. You didn't lose everything to alcohol. And so that's another one of those lies. Like, well, we don't look at this just with the blinders on. Don't look at it until you've lost everything. And like, what are we waiting to lose? Yeah. That's kind of what I came to was like, am I waiting to lose more than Mm -hmm. a morning on the couch watching my life go on around me and unable to participate? Like, isn't that enough? Like, why am I going to wait? Why am I waiting for those not yet?s Right? Yeah. No, that's so. That's so true. That's so true. I just felt like, yeah, like I've gone through chemo. I've gone through breast cancer. I was just like, why? If I've fought to live, why am I not even living in my own life? Ooh, you know. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I want to live, and I want to enjoy this life that I have while I'm living it. You know, not just numb out because there's gonna be more hard things coming. It's coming <laughs> for all of us. Yes, life is still going to life, right? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, life and is still going to life. Yes. Yeah. I like that it sounds like your perspective shifted of like rather than this deprivation mindset that we've been taught. Like, oh, I can't 
That's in quotes, you guys. I can't right, drink right. alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to miss out, right, that alcohol is additive. Like we still think that alcohol adds something to the situation. And it sounds like your perspective shifted and you're like, wait a second. Like I have fought for my life. I have survived cancer. This is not making my life better. This is actually detracting. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I want to keep having fun in life. I love life. I like to bring the fun again, like wherever, you know, wherever I am, the DMV line, having a good time meeting people, you know, whatever. And I just felt like, like when I stopped drinking or when I was, and really at the beginning of stopping drinking, I just wanted to be able to moderate. I never thought I would ever call myself sober. Like Mm -hmm. that was not a word I would ever have thought I would use. I never thought I would live an alcohol-free lifestyle. That wasn't even on my radar. I just wanted to be able to have one glass of wine, put the wine away and have, you know, more than half of a bottle left the next day. That was my goal. Yeah. You know, so at the time when I was taking a little break, I was like, okay, I need to find some alcohol-free options. I have to find some good things to drink while I'm not drinking because for me, having a drink, I know for some people it can be a trigger to have a mocktail or have a non-alcoholic wine or, you know, alcohol-free beer or whatever. For me, it was the exact opposite. It really helped me stay on my path of trying at that point in the beginning, just trying to moderate. I wasn't drinking at the time, but I was like, okay, my goal is to moderate. Then I just loved it so much. I felt so much better and I found so many good things to drink. I was like, why would I go back? Why? Really? Okay. So that's so interesting. So you were not drinking, but your goal was eventually that you were going to moderate. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah. Cause yeah, I hadn't had a rock bottom. It was like, I just need to figure out how to manage this. And I found it was so much more fun. Yeah. And which means you were really like in tune with yourself and listening to yourself and figuring out how you feel. Because rather than just like your eyes set on the prize counting down to quote unquote, when you can drink again, right? You were like, no, wait, how am I feeling? Like, what do I know now about my life without alcohol? Oh, I know that I'm still having fun. I feel so much better. I'm probably having more fun. More fun. And I can create these fun mocktails and I don't miss alcohol. Like, that's incredible. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. But I was yeah. in the very beginning, I was counting down. I was like, okay, here's my dry January. You know, I was, but it, but it was, it was like as I kind of kept walking in it. And again, it's that one day at a time. And I heard that and I was like, what a stupid saying, one day at a time. <laughs> but it's so true. You know, it was just one day. It was like, and it just kind of kept building the momentum, kept growing. And it was like, I feel so good. February 1st, like, I don't want to drink again. I want to set a new goal. Okay, what's my next goal? My next goal was like, I want to get to 100 days. Yeah. So you started dry January. Yep. I started the day before. I ended up starting on December 31st. I was like, okay, well, now I have a free day during January. So if there's a day in January when I want to drink, I have like a little free pass because I started a day early. That was like what was going on in my head. Anyway, I just felt so good. I never took that free day. Wow. <laughs> never taken then- it back. And then you realize like, oh, wait, all my days are free because I'm free from alcohol. Yeah. It's authentic freedom. It truly is. It's authentic freedom. It so is. I I love that. It just highlights that we don't know what the hell is going to happen. Like we can make our plans and we can do all the what ifs and all of that stuff, but we are so bad at predicting. Like that's in Laura McCowan's push off from here. She talks about how bad we are at predicting future behavior, the future. It is hard to predict. It's hard to predict. Like you you don't know how you're going to feel. And I think that's true, right? Like, so give it a try. Test drive sobriety. Totally. Like, you know, big deal. So you take a couple weeks off. Yes. What's the worst thing? 
Right. And then keep checking in with yourself, which sounds like what you did. Like you were like, wait, rather than this eye on the prize, which the prize is in quotes, yeah. of getting back to drinking, it's like, no, wait, how do I feel? How does it even feel for my body to be free of alcohol and for my mind to be free in these mornings and all of that stuff? So rather than this like tunnel vision, yeah, like checking in with yourself. I love that. I yeah. love this story. I, I think yeah. that these stories – like yours are the most important to tell because we have heard the sensational rock bottom stories. Like we have heard the AA stories that takes up all the air in the room. It tends to like, we know those stories, but these stories where it's that softer place to land, where we're not waiting for the rock bottom and to lose everything. We're just deciding, okay, let's look at this substance that's in my life and it's affecting me. Like, let's get curious about it. Let's see what it is and what it's like without it. I think this is the most important story. See how I feel. Yeah. Just see how you feel. Right. The wine's going to be there. I mean, the alcohol, like the liquor store. Exactly. I mean, shockingly, they haven't closed since I stopped purchasing all the (laughs) Josh, Kim Crawford, you know, like they're all still in business. Apparently, Josh, I mean, I love affair with Josh. I apparently really love Kim as well. You know, (laughs) Kim and Josh, Kim, Josh and Deb, just you guys are like the trifecta. Yeah. They'll still be there. They will. It's going to be there. So, and that when I kind of thought about that, it was like, you know what? It's really okay to take a little break. If I want to go back, it's there. So, yeah, I actually went to, um, I'm in Kentucky. And so there are some little like liquor drive through places. Do you guys okay, have that no, up there? But I used to live in Atlanta. And that's, that is like a Southern thing, I think. It's like a liquor store, but they have like a pull up. Like you can pull up in the window, like you're at the pharmacy Which or something. It's so messed up. It's so messed up that literally I used to be like, uh, whatever, like a $15 bottle of Chardonnay. I didn't care. Like I was just like, whatever, you know. Well, the other day I went back and I was like, man, this I can't even believe they're still in business, yeah. you know, because I haven't been here <laughs> since 2020. <laughs> so I pull up. I took a video of it and I asked, I had him get me an alcohol-free red wine. Oh, yes. Okay. That I use, um, a, a girl in my membership had said she got this tip like years and years ago in Weight Watchers or whatever, but to mix red wine with Fresca and it makes like a sangria oh, without having yes. to make sangria. Okay. All that to say, the people are still in business. That sounds so good, especially for some. So, okay, see, this is what we have to talk about because I have to talk about your expertise. We have to talk about the mocktails. And I am not, okay, so I've never been a bartender, not a mixologist. I'm literally just a mom that stopped drinking Chardonnay. That's you it. You are a mocktail <laughs> mixologist. I hate to break it to you. I'm a mocktail maker. I'm a, mo- I'm a mocktail mom. <laughs> you're, you're a mixologist. I hate to, I hate to burst your bubble. You are a mixologist now. <laughs> you are. That's, well, self. Okay, then I'm a Suzanne proclaimed totally. mixologist. Hey, we could call ourselves whatever we want. <laughs> whatever we want. Yes. Would you send me a yes, certificate, yeah, yeah. please? I would a like plaque. to say that. I'll send you. Yes, I'll hang yes. it up here. I'll hang it up here totally. on the wall behind me. I would like a plaque. Oh, my God. Yes, certified. I'm certified something. I was a bartender. You were never a bartender? Okay, I was a waitress at TGI Fridays back in like, you know, yes, the early 90s, yes. right? And I mean, I was so not a drinker that when people would order, like they'd order wine, I didn't know. Like I would go to the little bar station that I was supposed to get their wine or get the glass. I would hand the bartender a chilled glass for the red wine. I didn't even know like Cabernet doesn't come in a chilled glass. She'd look at me like, you are an idiot. You were, you just, (laughs) it just so wasn't in your, no. This is the thing is I'm the type of person. And I think most people or not not most people, a lot of people go to a restaurant, you order the same thing you always order, right? You're just used to like what you order. And that was kind of how I was with my drinking. Like I wasn't making cocktails at home. I, My shaker cup was in the back of our kitchen cabinet collecting dust, never used the thing. So when I stopped drinking, it was like, okay, I have to figure this out. And so I was open to trying new things because there was no 
simple kit to hand me. There was no mocktail course at the time. Yeah. You know, now I have a little one. If anybody wants it, there wasn't like an easy button on like, how can I figure this out? So I just was open to trying new things. And so that's that's what I encourage people is like, just try not alcoholic beers. I wasn't even a beer drinker. Now See, I like this them. is okay. I have a few theories. <laughs> First of all, I was on vacation this last February and I've been sober for, you know, like three and a half years. And it just hit me just in this last February, how much variety there is in sobriety. And that when I was drinking, it was, like you said, the same drink over and over. And you would drink like four of them, five of them, whatever, like a glass of Josh Cab. It was like, yep, that's it. And then you just drink that and there's no straying from it. And when you think about that, if you could just think of take the alcohol part out of it, but just think about drinking well, you're not thirsty, so it's just weird that you're drinking anyway, and you're drinking when you're not thirsty. <laughs> like true. what? Right. And then yeah. that you're just <laughs> going to true, right? And then you're just drinking the same, like five of the same drinks in a row when you're not thirsty. That sounds pretty boring. Not to mention it's going to make num- any sense. It's going to numb you, and you're going to escape and not feeling anything. Like that's boring too. And I was never a cocktail girl. I was red wine. So I decided to make a reel of all of the things I drank on vacation. And all of the different drinks and compare that to I would normally just have been drinking the same red wine over and over. And it was like something like 15 different drinks, you know? Wow. And it was just so eye-opening to me, like the variety of things that was insane. There are so many. I feel like I say it over and over and over. There are so many good things to drink when you're not drinking. Yes. It opens you up to this whole world of... Like when I stopped drinking, I thought it's just going to be Shirley Temples and O'Doul's. And I was like, I can't do that. I <laughs> have like to figure this out. Water. Yeah. I have to figure this out to have other options when I'm not drinking because if I'm going to keep trying to feel good, I have to have alternatives. Yeah. And there are so many options. So, okay, 15. What was your favorite? So my favorite is the one that I, and I don't know if I coined this. I don't, I didn't hear it from anybody, but I don't know if it's already a thing. It's called the Soberita. It's like lime, sparkling water, fresca, lime juice with salt on the rim. So it's like a margarita, but a, just a light, refreshing. Yeah, like a skinny margarita, kind of like, yeah. a, like a Bethany Frankel yes. sober skinny margarita. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> and it was just like, I just made that all the time and it was so good. Also, okay, so I've noticed this, that if you drink wine or you drank wine when you were drinking, generally you're probably not going to find a non-alcoholic wine that you like, like a red wine. Or if you were a beer drinker, you might not find a non-alcoholic beer that you like. So that opens you up to try all of the different things. Like I never drank cocktails, but now I love mocktails because I don't gravitate toward and a red wine because I'm like, well, it's just not appealing now. You know, I'm seeing that my mom used to be a beer drinker and now she's like, no, every NA beer tastes like glue. And I'm like, well, that's because you had such a refined palate for your beer that you're like very <laughs> beers, specific, yes, right? Beers, yeah. Interesting. She hasn't found one that she likes. She likes athletic brewing. She does like the groovy ones too. I think groovy like IPA or something, but I just think probably our tastes are so, you know, the bar is very high. If you're going to try to replace what you were drinking with an NA version of it, it might come up short. So then that opens up the door to then 
try mocktails. Try other things. Yeah, mm-hmm. try other things. I hear a lot like, well, I didn't drink cocktails when I was drinking, so I don't I don't really do a mocktail. And I'm like, ooh, do a mocktail. Because that there's so many options. So many options. And it's not just fruit juice. It's not all Shirley Temples. Yes. You know, you can have a mojito just without the the alcohol. I mean, for somebody going out, if they're trying to order a drink and there's maybe no mocktails on the menu, you know, maybe look at the cocktail list, find a cocktail that has like one spirit in it and just ask the bartender or ask the waitress or waiter to, you know, to make you that drink, you know, without the spirit in it. And it, they can put sparkling water, they can put Sprite. Yeah. I love a spicy virgin mojito too. That's one of my, anything with spice. Yeah. I think it's because the alcohol had that bite, mm-hmm. you know, like I yes. loved. I do miss the bite of the Chardonnay. So actually one of the very first mocktails I made was Ritual Tequila. I made a spicy alcohol-free margarita and I used the tequila, but I put in some jalapeno brine, like Ooh. do like a jar of jalapenos in your yes. refrigerator or whatever. Yes. Take a little bit of that juice, the brine, put that in and, you know, when you shake it up or whatever or stir it and it will add a whole level of kick that I missed. Or you could add a tiny bit of that to your mojito and it would just kick it up. Ooh, yum. Or, or jalapenos, you know, actually muddle up jalapenos even better. Great. Yep. I like the easy button. I know. Me too. I did make <laughs> one, like I made a rosemary simple syrup or something and I was like, I am so proud of myself. Like this is yes, the hardest thing oh, I've yeah, ever you get, had like to a do. gold medal for making simple syrup. I know. And they call it simple. You should be the Martha Stewart magazine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I made a rosemary simple syrup. <laughs> right. yeah. But it can be like that where you're crafting, you know, custom things like that yourself or, you know, creating, or you can buy, you know, there yes, are, you know, healthier it. options. Yeah. Like there's even simple syrup made with monk fruit. So if you're trying to cut back on Ooh. sugar, somebody's maybe like keto friendly. Um, there's things like that too that you can do to cut back on sugar. Cause a lot of times that's people's hesitation for mocktails is, oh, there's so much sugar in them. Which is so funny. They're like, well, mocktails have too much sugar. I would rather have ethanol. Like, well, okay. Right. Exactly. Okay. That's very true. Yes. Like, yeah. That's like, fine. Well. Yeah. I'll just sit here and drink yeah. my, yeah, yes, yes, my truly. <laughs> or when people are like, no, I drink tequila because the sugar in wine is horrible. I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the irony. Yeah. Yes. The irony. I know. Oh, and you mentioned like Shirley Temple. Okay, my mom mentioned this. So because, you know, the kids will drink them and like I I don't drink it because I don't like the sweet. And she was like, let's not order them by saying kitty cocktails. And I was like, oh, that's such a great point. Like, why would your kid be ordering a cocktail? Like a cocktail for kids, right? And our kids are hearing that. And it's just like... It's normalizing it. Yes. And it's just, we think it's just an innocuous thing. But when you think about like your kid being like, oh, I would like this kitty cocktail. It's like, okay, let's, yes, call it Shirley Temple. That's good. Little Shirley Temple. Yeah. Little Shirley Temple. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot more, a lot more than the Shirley Temple. Yes. Oh, so much more. Okay. So you love the spice. What else do you love? What's an easy one? Oh, there's so many good ones. Give us a couple. Well, okay. Number one, I love my alcohol-free red wine, or my alcohol-free wines. Like you do. Okay, so what's a good one? If we can just go back to what you were saying, yes. like you were saying, like if you were a wine drinker, you might not like wines. If you were a beer drinker, I want to kind of disagree with you a little bit. Good. I think you have to change your expectations a little bit. Yes, our palate does change. I think in the very beginning, it's like this is not wine. I remember in the beginning, I was just like, okay this is grape juice in a wine bottle. What am I drinking? (laughs) Right. You know, it just, it was not good. So maybe you take some time away from it and then try it again, like come back to it. So maybe I should try it. Okay. Which one? I think come back to it. I think there's things you can do to make your wines. If there's one, maybe you don't 
number one, maybe you just don't love it and that's fine. Toss it some ice and some fresco, you're good to go. <laughs> but Ooh, yes, there's the ways you can kind trick. of, you can take like a, a bitter. I never used bitters before, but now I use um, like all the bitter, non-alcoholic bitters. Oh. And you can put like a little bit of, um, like I have there, they have like a mole, like a chocolate. Yeah. You can put that in red wine. Just adds, enhances the flavor. It's almost like the bitters are like the salt and pepper of cocktails and of non-alcoholic wines. I find that they help um, the non-alcoholic wow. wines. So like you can take a little bit of their orange bitter and add that to like a white alcohol-free wine and it will just enhance the flavors and elevate the wine, I think. What? I think it makes a big difference. Okay, you're blowing yeah. my mind. There's things you can do to make your alcohol-free wines better. That's probably what I drink the most. Like the free ones or no? They're fine. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're like top of my list. No, yeah. but like they're available everywhere. I used to call them fry. I called everything wrong in the beginning. Like I knew nothing. Yeah. We know nothing when we stop drinking. That's the thing. You don't have to drinking, know. You don't have to. You figure it out. This is what I want people to know. You don't have to know anything. Just get started and try to and just have a good time. Just have fun. Just have fun with yes. it. Try new things. Worst case scenario, you don't like it. Like, okay, so you spent $15 on a bottle of wine. You know, like, okay. Yeah. So uh, I love, oh my gosh, there's so many good alcohol-free wines. Joyous, Shirley, Sovi. Have you tried any of those? Do any of those ring a bell? I haven't tried no. any of them. I mean, Suzanne. I did write, I know, I did right away. And then I was like, yeah, kind of like you. I was like, no, this isn't, no. This is and disgusting. then I just, yeah. And then I just kind of wrote it off and have it returned. Well, and I will say three and a half years ago, there yeah. were not as many options. Maybe now, that's why. Yeah. There are so many more alcohol-free wines. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So Joyous, Sovi, Shirley. I mean, those are just ones off the top of my head. Geeson. I love Geeson. Okay. We're going to link all these. We're going to link these in the show notes. Sauvignon Blanc is what I drink. Um regularly. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, like now I take out the trash, it's still clanking, you know, it's like clanking with bottles. And I'm like, like, it's nothing to be, I'm not embarrassed people. Yeah. I'm like, tell all the neighbors, you know, let everybody know. It's just all alcohol free bottles in here. Yes. Well, I love this because, okay. So this came up in our group this week that one mom is like trying to figure out how to make that nighttime still special when it was that habit to sit down with a glass of red wine. It was that romanticizing it, right? And she was like, you know, I've been trying herbal tea and it's just, and I'm like, hold on. <laughs> and I'm like, herbal tea just will never be a good replacement. I'm sorry. Nope. Like this is when Ted Lasso was the most right about anything he said about <laughs> tea being like dirty water or whatever. Like it, that's I'm just, hilarious. I'm just never going to be excited about herbal tea. And like, no, if no, you're no. not excited about herbal tea, that doesn't mean that sobriety is not for you because I don't drink herbal tea and you don't have to either. And so I love this, okay, that there are good alcohol-free, alcohol-removed wines. Yes. And that's a easy swap. It's easy. And again, I think just change your expectations. You know, yes. It's not going to be that cab, that $50 bottle of wine. It's not. You know, It doesn't have alcohol in it, so it's not going to do that. But you will find, I think most people will find something that they go, okay, this is a nice replacement. I think another thing too, maybe for women in your group too, is like to have uh, maybe new glassware. Yeah, and you don't have to go out and buy, you know, a whole new set or whatever. Go to a consignment shop and buy one pretty glass for yourself. Yes. You know, to help you create new memories. Because I found that, like I had my you know best mom ever wine tumbler that I would drink my Chardonnay in. Yeah, and it's like when I first stopped drinking. And there were a lot of memories associated with that. A lot of waking up and going, oh, wow, I did it again. You know, So to have new glassware, I think not that you, again, you don't have to go out and spend a ton of money, 
Yeah. But you can if you want to. <laughs> sure, but right. But just to have some new glasses to create new memories because you're creating a new new experience for yourself. I love that idea. And that even if it is like you don't have tonight, you know, you don't have time to go get to go try alcohol-free wines, like you don't have mocktail stuff in the house, even like your your sparkling water with fruit or whatever you're doing, put that in a pretty glass. Yeah, we deserve pretty glasses. Yep. And it'll help you just to surf the urge, just to get through that time of cooking dinner, of, you know, putting the kids to bed, whatever bath time, whatever it is, where it's just like, okay, no, I'm having my drink. I still have a drink. I just am not going to wake up with a hangover. Right. Bonus. Right. Like we can still drink. And now what we drink actually hydrates us and yes, it doesn't, I I like steal, it doesn't yeah. steal yeah. the yeah. memory. If you're thirsty. <laughs> you're right. If you're yeah. thirsty, you can still drink and like it's not going to poison you from the inside out. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> yes. What do you call yourself? Do you call yourself sober or what do you like in your real life world community? Like what is that conversation? You know, it's so funny. Yeah, because in the beginning, I never like the word sober was like, boy, you've had a rock bottom, you know, right. he, you know, but now, yeah, I definitely say like, oh, I'm sober or alcohol free lifestyle, you know, I stop or else I like, I stopped drinking. Yeah. I just feel so much better. But I don't, I'm not like afraid of that word sober anymore. I definitely would, I definitely use it. I post about it. I talk about it. But yeah, and my, I would just say like, just going alcohol free. I feel so much better. Yeah. I love it. That it scared you at first, and it was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Sober means that's oof, a, that's that's yeah. Then they're going to think I have a problem, right? I even thought just taking a break. If people knew I was taking a break, they were going to think I had a problem, like a big problem. Like, oh, she must really have a problem, right? I was afraid to even tell people. I mean, I didn't tell my husband I was taking a little break. Really, I didn't tell anybody that I wanted to try to moderate because I thought I don't want them to know that I'm having a problem moderating. I was embarrassed. Yes. That's what I, I'm going to write so much about in my book is just the secrecy and that when we all hold the secret and that's when we think we're alone and that's when the shame comes in. And yeah, this idea that if you are taking a break from alcohol, then you are the one with a quote unquote problem, like rather than just like, no, just keep drinking head down. Don't question it. That is the problem. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Oh, my God. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Any sort of mocktail inspo or sobriety inspo? <laughs> no, whatever. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what? I want to say, like, and it put me off in the beginning was like that one day at a time, but truly, like, just try a new drink today. You know, try a mocktail. Buy an alcohol-free beer. Buy non-alcoholic beer. You know, grab an alcohol-free bottle of wine. Give it a try. Just give it a try. Kind of test drive sobriety. Or, you know, just scroll or just, you know, follow accounts, you know, just lean into that curiosity and that there's nothing wrong with you, you know, and that you are not alone. You are not the only mom who is thinking, what would my life be like without alcohol? I didn't think I could live without wine. And I didn't grow, again, I I wouldn't start out in motherhood that way. Didn't start out that way. Yeah. So yeah, just to be encouraged that there is so much fun still to be had and there are so many good things to drink. Just be encouraged, you know, and that you have thousands of women who will be supporting you, cheering you on. The community is huge. Yes. 
It really is. And it's so supportive. It's so supportive. I love it. It's the best community. It really is. And I love that you you are showing the fun side of sobriety. And that's what we need more of. Like we need, like yeah. I always say, I glamorize sobriety. Even if sobriety is not glamorous, it's way more glamorous than drinking. And so like, let's lean into that, right? <laughs> like let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fun, the actual yeah. fun and the things that really are fun, not just the things that we want to numb out and escape. Yeah, life is so good. And it's like, let's live. Yeah, let's live while we're living. Yes, yeah. let's live. Okay, tell everybody where we can find you. Uh, so I'm on Instagram. Uh, I spend a lot of time on there, it seems like. <laughs> Mocktail.mom is my Instagram handle. And then my website is mocktailmom.com. So I love yeah, you it. can find me there. And you have yeah. a course? I have a membership. A membership. It's a sober drinking club for women. So I have a happy half hour every Thursday night where we drink. Well, we're not drinking. Yes. We get together and yeah, just a connection point. It's just a half hour happy hour, which I think is perfect because like we're all busy and stuff. So it's just like a Thursday night little connection point. So in my membership is a little mocktail course that I did. Okay. Yeah. That's such a good idea. We should figure out how we can do a little collab with my community and yours. Yes. That'd be so fun. That would be okay. Yeah. Okay. We're you guys stay tuned. That'd be a blast. Yeah, we do it on Zoom. We do it on Zoom and and stream it into my face, my group and stuff. But but that's been awesome. Just to to be I just want to be of encouragement that the fun's not over. Still good things to drink. That's it. It's not a sober program. I'm not a sober coach at all. <laughs> Just know I stopped drinking and I feel so much better. You guys, go follow Deb, Debbie, Mocktail Mom <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, thank you, Suzanne. Suze. Are, yeah. Do you go by Suze? Yeah. Anybody call you Suze? Suze yeah. Su okay, there. Well, Suze <laughs> when I mean business. Susie. No, not Susie. Susie is the party college girl. That was Susie. Okay. Suzanne, I and guess. And then now Suzanne. Suzanne will be like on your book. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Suzanne's the author. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think Debbie's going to be the author. <gasps> oh, yes. good. Yes, okay. Debbie nice. needs to be the author. Great to meet nice you. To so, meet you. so great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. This is so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay. I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.